read our can read the first part of the of the passage and we'll walk through that before we get to the last part. So Matthew 22, starting in verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So let's talk for a minute about the wisdom of his answer and what, what they were trying to do here. Because it has, it has wisdom, and his word always has wisdom for us. So they've been trying, as we talked about in these series of um, ways of questioning Jesus to try and trip him up so they might arrest him or have something to hold against him. Uh, so here they bring, here they bring a, a lawyer <laughs> with them um, to ask him this question. And the reality here is there were like, 600, not like, there were 613 laws altogether oh, um, really? as part of the death law that they had, um, you know, beyond the Ten Commandments that they had, had layered on, and uh, the rabbis had divided them into 248 that were affirmative, 365 that were negative, some that were spoken of light, some that were heavy, so there were like these variations of, um, uh, of sin and commandments and different, uh, different things, and that no matter their hope or their plan was that no matter what he picked, they were going to be able to catch him. Uh, because the rabbis were super great at splitting hairs, uh, made all kinds of subtle refinements to the law, so they asked, which is the greatest? Uh, so with lots of room there, but Jesus sidestepped it completely and chose one well-known commandment that they would know from Deuteronomy, um, love the Lord your God, and nine of the Ten Commandments, as they're written, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, um, are stated in the negative. But Jesus, in taking these all together, states them in the positive. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. And then he adds mind um, to uh, what had been in the Deuteronomy passage. And then he goes on to say the first and greatest uh, is the first and greatest commandment, but he didn't stop there. Uh, he goes on to say, um, and he added a concrete reality based on Leviticus 19, um, and the second is like it. Uh, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Um, that second commandment to love others comes, grows out of the first commandment in loving God. So these two commandments, Jesus said, all of these hang the law and the prophets. They were basic, touching all of life's relationships and everything that we do and the ways that we interact with one another. So what does it look like to love God? And what does love of neighbor look like? Again, thinking about as we walk through our daily life, what does that look like? Or what can it look like? And it's easy to start with us in the center. Okay, how can I love God more? How can I love God better? How can I love God differently? Am I loving God well enough? Uh, am I loving people well enough? But that's just so human to put ourselves in the center. Um, the real foundation of our love comes from where? From God. From God, right? Um, in 1 John 4:19, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, 
but that he loved us Amen. and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Not that it says, not contradictory, like it sounds like it might be. It's like, wait, is it saying that we don't need to love God? Uh, but what it is, what it is telling us and reminding us that we love from a place of love because he loved us. Amen. And if we try and do this or anything else in our own power, we're always gonna we're always gonna fall short. So, but we we operate from this uh, with him as the foundation. His love for us is a foundation that doesn't start with us, it starts with him. Um, we love because he first loved us. So in um, about nine years ago, I was traveling to Arlington, Virginia on business and ended up in a very sweet, lengthy conversation with a gentleman and his babies who was waiting for his wife who was a faculty member at a local university to finish teaching her night class so he could go pick her up and they could go home together. They were both in their 80s, it was just very sweet. Um, but we ended up having a conversation, um, starting off in two tables, kind of across from each other. And I was facing this way, he was facing that way. And he starts asking questions, and eventually we end up at a table together, just we're talking. Um, talking about life, and family, and opera, and just joys of life. Um, and then ultimately we got into conversations about God, and suffering, and Jesus. Um, and there was a, a point where he was like, you know, why do you need God? Like he was really trying to challenge why why having a relationship with God is important in my life. Um, he's like, you know, you're successful, you're kind, you're loving, you can see that you're all these things. And, and I, the words that I spoke, I was like, I love because he first loved me. I didn't even know that was in scripture. That was one of those Holy Spirit moments where, you know, what God says, his word says, I will give you the words to speak. Mm -hmm. You know, it was later that I was in scripture. I'm like, wow, that was like, that was scripture. Like it was, but it was one of those, it's like, and it is, it's the source of all of our love. So if we think about um, that, what does it look like to love him with all of our um, mind, our heart, our soul, um, and our strength. So Jesus' purpose, I'm sorry, was to show that a person's total being must be involved in loving God. Nothing held back. He wants us to love fully. He loves us fully. He fully came, he fully gave, he fully loved and loves uh, and wants us uh, to do the same. So loving holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy, <laughs> um, our mind, our heart, our soul, fully on him. So if you think about um, our heart is easy, right? That, that place of our, um, of, our, of our feelings, of our devotion, um, our soul, looks at the like the willful decision making part of us right and then the mind with that the consciousness yeah yeah and and like it's like the chooser in us like it's what is our our will like how are we our emotions like how do we respond it's what what is in us that helps it's that non-physical right part of us our thinking feeling choosing part of us um Loving God with our souls can address things like making a choice to forgive someone even though we would rather not, mm -hmm. or um, choosing to um, make a certain decision when it might be popular to do something else. That's an example of loving God with our soul. But um, he talks about um, wanting us to fully, with every, every ounce of our being, with every bit of us, love others and to love him. 
sorrowfully loving him. So the word for love here is, this is the agape love, which is that totally unselfish, um, unconditional, the love with which God loves, loves, that we are only capable of through the Holy Spirit. We're in our flesh. That is not our, not our normal. And what God wants is he wants um, his spirit to be able to help us love. He wants our warm-hearted love and devotion for him, not just our obedience and duty, because it's written because we have to. He wants us to, to be devoted in love. So we look at our heart as the center of our desires, the soul, um, that being, uniqueness, willful, decision-making part of us, and then the mind, our center of our intellect, thoughts that drive our feelings, our actions, our responses, and our reactions. And to love God in this way is to completely fulfill the commandments in that vertical relationship with God. That faith offers us both freedom and responsibility. So if we over if we oversimplify it by just making it obedience, we well, I have to love God. So what am I going to do to love God just with being someone in the prayer someone mentioned arm's length. He doesn't want us to be arm's length. He wants, he wants us to be to be super, to be super close and connected with him. Um, and with that love, we have a responsibility um, to love others. So to love a lot in Jesus' view is to obey God by reflecting his care for people. That's really the character of his heart. So then he talks about from the, from the vertical comes our horizontal love, our relationships. How, how do we love others? How do we love those in our family? in our communities, our friends? How do we love all of our neighbors, even the ones who aren't like us, even the ones who do things that are hurtful? Talks about loving others um, as we love ourselves. And uh, that's from this passage. There's, I'll talk about that first. There's another passage in, in John where he talks about loving others as he loves us. But when they talk about loving loving others as we love ourselves, it's like that self-protective thing. What would we want for ourselves? So as we're looking out for ourselves and our interests and our um, looking for our safety, looking for the things that we want to do, it's that kind of love. Love others in that same way. And then in um, John 15, um, Jesus also says, love others as I have loved you, just with that deep love. So on Friday, um, we're, we're about 30 minutes from here, maybe 20, mm -hmm. 20 25 miles from, from this area, well, and from Lewiston, too. Um, but our schools were closed. Like, there were still lots of things, like, in this entire region that were, that were changed and canceled. So schools were closed in our area Thursday and Friday. And Friday morning, um, we got a message that a local business was wanting to put together 1,500 snack bags for all of the people in Lewiston that were working and searching and um, keeping the city going and doing all of that. And so um, our son and a bunch of the guys from his soccer team went and they stuffed 1,500 bags uh, that they then delivered. Um, the, the kids didn't deliver, didn't deliver them, the business delivered them up to Lewiston. Um, and it was such an inspiring example of being in a moment where, in a time where we were all, especially many in this area, shelter in place, like, don't, 
don't go anywhere. Just the fear that was surrounding all of us and the uncertainty of um, whether there was whether we were still in danger, whether anybody was was still uh, still in danger. Um, but to watch them go through that process, and then the person who helped to coordinate it took a picture, and the again these are teenage boys who um, that you could just see the joy, right. the empowerment, mm -hmm. the almost relief. Like there was something palpable in this picture of they moved from a place of uncertainty and fear into something that, that they could do. What can we do? There are a lot of things that we can't do in a time like this as people are grieving, as people are walking through really difficult things, as people are recovering in hospitals and, and all of the other things. Uh, and the things that we're feeling too. But there are things that we can do. And so I guess the question is to be asking God and talking to God, God, what would you have me do? Is there something you would have? And it could be something within our families. Um, it could be something something different. But it was just such a, such a beautiful, just really, I was so inspired by the guys um, that they shared themselves in this way and they chose to do it and you know, seeking to, to do something to make a difference. You know, God's word says in 1 John 4, 19, perfect love casts out fear. Mm -hmm. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Mm -hmm. So think about it. How are you living this out? How am I? And then the second part of our lectionary is crucial to all of this. Um, so we'll pick up at verse um, 41, but built this lectionary passage in Matthew. Um, starting at verse 41, then surrounded by the Pharisees, Jesus asked them a question, what do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? They replied, he is the son of David. Jesus responded, then why does David, speaking under the inspiration of the Spirit, call the Messiah my Lord? For David said, this is from Psalm 110, the Lord said to my Lord, Sit at the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies beneath your feet. Since David called the Messiah my Lord, how can the Messiah be his son? And no one could answer him. <laughs> and after that, they dared not ask him any more questions. Yeah. <laughs> they finally wow. figured that out. Well, again, right? Uh, but what God, what, what Jesus is reinforcing here is that Jesus is human, and Jesus is God. He's fully God, Jesus. Um, God, Father, God's God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Like He is, Jesus is God. And it's because of that, it's what empowers and strengthens us. Um, his power made perfect in our weakness because Jesus, who is fully God and fully human, came and gave and sacrifice and forgave and overcame death, and he rose again, and as in the time that he spent with his disciples was still encouraging and teaching and reconciling people to him and encouraging them to stay and wait for the Holy Spirit. And he sends the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter. He's our guide. He will strengthen us. Um, he'll bring us peace that we may walk in grace Amen. and peace and share his love with others, even in the midst of things that are really, really hard. Um, always. And in things that are easy. But we know that we can do the things in our heart. Loving others as he loves, because he first loved us. So, question, how will we walk in his peace? 
when our minds are swirling and there's chaos around and the world is pressing in? How will we speak life when our hearts are broken and when we're grieving? Not just answering with simple platitudes, but really speaking life and encouragement and love and hope and peace into people's lives and situations empowers us to do it. How will we anchor our decisions and our actions anchor. in faith, in His strength, and in His truth, even when our souls are feeling troubled and there's fear and there's uncertainty swirling around? And we see pain. It's hard to see people in pain. It's hard to be in pain. We want our life. We want to know when when awful things like this happen. Suddenly, our picture of what is good and well and safe about our world and our life suddenly gets all shaken up and shattered, and and we're unsettled. Um, but He is with us in the midst of it, and He provides for us, and He will comfort us. And he will bind up our wounds, um, and he will heal those who are walking through unthinkable times as we love him with our heart, with our mind, our soul, and all of our strength. Lord, help us to seek peace and comfort um, in you amid our lives, amid unpeace, grief, and horror that were unleashed, unleashed this past week, unleashed. As we see things that comfort us in these times when we're feeling stressed and afraid um, and overwhelmed, as we seek things that comfort us and distract us, um, may we be aware of the things that are not healthy and that aren't wise and that aren't life-giving. May we seek you um, in those things that are life-giving, things that connect us, not disconnect us from one another, that strengthen us, not weaken us. Would you help us stay our mind on you and help us make wise and healthy, life-giving choices as we walk ahead? Because loving God and others in real time, in the moments as we walk, breathe, interact, actively loving not out of obedience and duty, but grounded in, a, in loving submission and the love that he gives and the loves, the love that he is, Isaiah promises Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you, our thought fixed on him, our mind, our soul, our heart, our strength. Let's pray, God. We need you. Lord, we, um, we sometimes don't know what to do or to think or to um, say. We sometimes turn to things that, um, that give us temporary um, relief from our pain, scrolling, searching, searching, they found yet. Um, other things that fill us for a moment, Lord, um, would you just help us to be attentive, Lord, to you. Um, help us to believe your word. Help us to stay so close to you that, um, that we feel your presence that we are able to uh, ground ourselves in the love that you give so freely and so generously to us. Lord, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. Lord, our hearts break that there is suffering in this world, but we know that when we suffer, you suffer with us. We know that it's your heart to heal. We know that it's your heart to love. 
to provide, to guide, and we ask you to provide for us, Lord, to heal, to guide. Lord, would you make us vessels of your love and your peace and your hope and strength in times of weakness and pain. Thank you for loving us more than we can think of. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for guiding us. Thank you for love that's beyond anything we can think or imagine. And Lord, we trust you in all things. Help us to walk in your wisdom, your will, your word, and your way. In Jesus' name.